This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. I went to the Lost Kingdom, Aaron. It's actually, uh, I can't tell you how to get there or else I'll get killed by the government. I'll take a fish Uber. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Hello and happy Hello. holidays. Happy holidays. Yeah. The it's one a, right before the 25th. It, yeah. That, yeah. It's both the name of that friend's episode and this episode. That The one before <laughs> December 25th. <laughs> I don't watch enough friends, but I mean, I guess that that's partially maybe true. Every episode is the one mm-hmm. with something. Doesn't, um, doesn't another sitcom, a long running sitcom, have a, a naming convention like that? I don't care. Um, the, <laughs> uh, but yeah, here we are with uh, what are we doing? Well, no, out now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We also dig into we we dig into movies. Be most perfect review the occasional commentary track or some other fun movie topic. This is episode 560, 560. Mm-hmm. This is a bonus. So we got we got, we got all the stuff. Full full slate, full slate. Okay. And uh, for this episode, we're talking Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Uh, yeah, I mean, really looking forward to it, I guess. Okay. You can hear the enthusiasm <laughs> in my voice. And yeah, that's what we're going to do. We have uh, plenty of stuff to go over as well, but that's going to be our main review. Um, so let's get let's get into some show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, first up, uh, plenty of bonus stuff happening right now. We have our, uh, our recent Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory commentary track uh, to round out the commentaries for the end of the year. Uh, and we're coming up with plans for what to do to start off the year uh, as far as commentaries go. We also have a couple bonus episodes. I was joined by Terrence Johnson to discuss American fiction. Mm-hmm. And um, coming very soon will be an episode over going over um, the zone of interest with Peter Paris as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so keep that in mind, as well as other bonuses that we might come up with uh, during the uh, the holiday season here, because there's just so many movies that we want to make sure we can uh, set our minds on. Um, that said, also a top 10 show is, of course, going to come along as well in the next few weeks um, mm-hmm. as we get into the new year, as well as the, uh, the that horror award show that we like to do. That we've been doing it for the past couple of years as well. There's plenty, plenty of bonus stuff is what a I'm lot saying. Of stuff coming. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff happening. And the year is ending in like a week and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're sort of packing it in, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, what else? iTunes reviews ratings, of course. Good to get those. Helps out the show. Helps other people find the show. If you want to log on iTunes, search right now with their name. You do just that and uh, give us a rating review. It would be great. Thank you so much in advance. All right. Um, well, let's... Uh, Let's get to the matter, please. Trademark. You should not know when we do it to talk about the week after that. Trademark. All right, Abe. Yes. I want to know what have you been watching recently? Hold on. I think I missed last week's episode. You did. Yes. I forget what we talked about. Well, this is, of course, the second week of Aqua Wonka. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the it's the year end Barbenheimer. I get it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, so I did watch Wonka. I was I was bummed to not be on there. Um, I had some uh, callaways, but um, there was um, uh, I didn't get a chance to listen to what you guys were you two reviews yet. But Wonka, I thought it was whimsical and 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 fun and uh, family friendly and family oriented and pretty harmless, you know. Uh, I've I've read some reviews that said like, well, you know, Roald Dahl's books kind of 
can be a little bit more cynical while then turning sweet later. Like, I get that too, but I certainly feel as though the director, I forget his name. Paul King. Paul King, thank you. Yeah. Um, he, he just has a very positive outlook on life. <laughs> if, you've, if you've watched his Paddington movies and you're watching this movie, um, I enjoyed the ensemble of this a lot. Uh, Timothy Chalamet is fine, but I, I certainly enjoyed when he interacted with everybody else. Uh, and I also enjoyed kind of the sets, even though a lot of them were visual effects sets. Um, I just, in, I, I, I kind of liked that they walked around through the city to go do things. Those are reminiscent of like Hugo um, from Scorsese. And I, I would probably even pair that as like maybe a double feature bill. But um, uh, yeah, it was pretty innocent, pretty innocuous. Um, a little long, but at the same time, uh, I don't, I don't know if you guys chose any sort of favorite songs. Like I liked a couple of the songs more than the others. I don't remember their names now, but, um, I also didn't think that they were ultra memorable songs, but, um, that's why I can't pick a favorite song because they went in one ear and out the other. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> My only other criticism is not enough chocolate making, uh, visuals, but that's okay. Cause the ones that we did get where he's making, the the lightning chocolate for his little buddy um is it's a nice moment but um obviously there's other things that i think the movie's trying to pursue so um yeah uh pretty pretty innocent stuff uh, overall uh, and then there's another movie that i watched uh, which, real quick like really yeah. like harmless is certainly the word that came up the most and i was okay. the most i was the most negative on it and i still say it's interesting i'd still say it was fine yeah um but yeah that's harmless is definitely a keyword uh, Use. yeah and i really i really wouldn't tell people like oh you should go in with the expectation that's gonna be like a new classic like i don't know i don't think that it would be um the same way that i think that padding 2 would be like a modern classic or a future modern classic um but it certainly has you know its charm to it the other movie that i watched was now aaron you and I talked about uh, Xmas, and you were at, you you were very dogged in your approach of like, why did you watch this movie? <laughs> and I was like, it was just I just saw a lot of ads while I was uh, kind of sick. Um, and there was another movie that I watched on Hulu. It's called Christmas with the Campbells. Have you heard of this? Yeah, I watched that last year when it came out. Okay, that which uh, which this which this you talking about Xmas reminded me of this movie. There you go. Yeah. So I'm this curious movie... what you thought of this movie. Yeah, it, it's uh, it it is a play on a lot of those Hallmark style movies, and I thought it was fine. Um, I think that there's, in terms of like those movies that kind of poke fun at the genre that they're in, uh, I certainly like they came together. Uh, it's it's like one of the top ones. Um, where it's knowingly aware of what it's doing and and uh, what it's trying to do. This one is really fine. I think like uh, it's funny enough, but also it's only like an hour and twenty eight minutes. A little bit too long. What's I don't know. the I forget what's like the main conceit? Like she gets dumped, but she still... gets dumped by her boyfriend. Like on Christmas, like like right yeah, on Christmas, like a right? A few days before Christmas, uh-huh. and they were supposed to go visit her 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 ex boyfriend, her now ex boyfriend's family, um, for the holidays. She doesn't have anywhere to go, so she goes anyway. So she just goes anyway. Um, and like uh, hilarity and hygiene can sue, but his cousin played by Justin Long is like a rough and tumble cowboy kind of guy. You know what I mean? Like he, he loves like the wilderness um, and he comes into her life. They kind of just like do things within the city. And then lo and behold, her ex-boyfriend comes back to town 
because he was supposed to go to like Miami or something like that. And he's the SNL's Alex the Moffat, SNL right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you've seen him from SNL and he's he's playing like, you know, a righteous jerk kind of thing, um, kind of blissfully unaware of like his his uh, idiocy. But um, yeah, at the end there, like her profession is she wants to be a photographer and they kind of just harp on, well, why don't you take photographer photographs of like Justin Long's like ranch or whatever? It's like, yeah, that might be a good idea. And, you know, um, all the all of the um, tropes that you would find in holiday movies or Hallmark movies or people coming from the big city back to a small country or I'm sorry, a small city type movies are here. And I, it's fine. Like I don't think that it's one that I would I would probably revisit ever again. What yeah. what got me is that it's it's not like a parody. Like it plays it straight, but it ha it does like mm -hmm. it does seem to have like a weird side to it that's like really buried within. Like the yeah. way like Alex Moffat speaks, it's like a lot of profanity, as I recall. Yeah, he, in a movie he, that's otherwise like TV PG. If yeah. there's like a ton of like innuendo and stuff that he uses when he comes on. Right. And even like their mother, uh, who plays who's played by Julia Duffy, I'm looking it up on MB right now. Julia Duffy, she she plays like the regular mother role, but she's a horn dog. So she'll be like, Oh, I've gotta go and have sex with my husband, you know, cheers as George went. Yeah, it's uh, got like a weird edge to it. Like yeah, it, and, so and like it's... and and the whole thing of Justin Long was he's playing this cowboy type yeah and like i kept thinking there's gonna be some kind of like wink to it or something but he plays it that way the whole time it's it's a weird that's it, right because like you mentioned they came together that's like an obvious spoof yes this feels like it it has an angle but i can't quite put my finger on like what it is because i it's still like, don't think that they were trying to to make a straight movie you know i yeah but i, I can't yeah. say that they're not either it's weird yeah <laughs> it's weird. So, yeah weird is a good way to describe it it is funny at parts and again like i i think that 128 is a fine runtime for any movie but it sometimes it kind of just feels like all right well i get what we're doing here like can we just keep going you know what i mean um, especially like when when her ex boyfriend Alex Moffat comes back and you're just like, I know this is gonna happen, but you know like let's let's just keep keep it keep it moving here, guys. So yeah, not one that I would say like oh it's gonna be a Christmas classic. You should go check it out. If you're looking for something on the in the background as you're folding clothes clothes your clothing from your laundry this holiday season, sure turn it on. It's gonna be fine. Like you're you're not really gonna be mad at it, but you're also gonna be like, yeah, what did I just watch? And eh, well, I'm gonna forget that. All right. Anything else? Yeah. No, hit it. Okay, so I'm I have so many things, so I made two different lists. So I have oh. one to, so I have one to remember for when we do our next episode. Okay. Because that list is the more serious list. Yeah, yeah. Um this list <laughs> I have. Um there's a lot of random movies on here. <laughs> um but the first one I'm gonna start with well, first thing I was gonna say is okay, so I got freebie on my Roku and I started yes. watching Primo, which I'm like five okay, episodes. I you were gonna into. say you were watching Xmas. <laughs> Well, Abe. Whoa! It's funny you say that <laughs> because while I'm very much enjoying Primo, uh, which I'll finish by like next week probably because yeah. I'm burning through that. Um, I also did watch Xmas. Abe. Yes. Abe. I'm so scared of. I'm like I'm on pins and needles right now. Abe. Yes. Abe. No. Is this disappointed, Abe? <laughs> no. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like I at didn't least say it was going to be a lot of 
at, at least the the extended rants we just went on about Christmas with the Campbells was like interesting because it was I couldn't put my finger on what I was trying to do. This is just <laughs> all right. Understood. 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 Yeah. Got it. Got it. This not, did not do it. Not yeah. Not your cup of tea. Not not it. Yeah. Now here's the thing. You like I was, Robbie Amell? I was well. No, I'm done with that movie. I was scrolling through. That's all I had. Yeah, <laughs> um, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> I was scrolling through uh, Amazon, mm-hmm. um, just looking for something like easy enough to watch while I like got some work done and like went to sleep, mm-hmm. and I found something called Your Christmas or Mine. Um, uh, I think I've heard of this. This is with Asa Butterfield of uh, this is on of, Amazon Prime, yeah, of of Hugo fame. Um, speaking of Hugo, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it all comes together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it stars him and Cora Kirk, who's like mainly a stage actress. This is like a sort of okay. first thing. So, so they're like they're young boyfriend girl, they're like student boyfriend girlfriend, and they both decide to surprise each other at Christmas, only to basically circumstances make it happen. Well, obviously they both decide to surprise each other for Christmas, so they both go to each other's families' houses. And since they didn't realize that, it's like uh oh, the person I was meant to see is not there, but now I'm with their family without them. And that happens on both sides. It's kind of a clever conceit. It's a clever conceit, yes. Yeah. And like both sides are different. Like one's more like blue, like like blue collar and has like a mm-hmm. lot of siblings. The other is like more. Uh, there's some, I guess, there's some twists occurring. I can't exactly get into it, but there, there's one, one's higher status than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it's you know, it's it's about like, hey, now we're learning about each other through our families. It's old. It's fine. Like as a, okay. a prime movie that I watched that said at Christmas time, like it does the job. It's fine. It's it's better than Xmas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is my new Scream Four. <laughs> but but here but here's the thing. When yeah. it ended, this movie that came out last year uh, that I watched at random, I was like, okay, like yeah, you know, I watched it over like two nights because I like uh-huh. I did work, went to sleep, did the same thing the next night. It's like okay, sure. I'll do work, put this back on, finish this. I finished it, and when it ended. It was like, do you want to watch Your Christmas or Mine 2? And I'm like, there's a sequel? Wow. <laughs> it like just came out like a week before, apparently. Uh-huh. Uh, so I watched the sequel. Oh, okay. So you enjoyed the first one then? <laughs> I enjoyed the first one enough where I'm like, I'll see more of what yeah, these two okay. are up to. And it brings back the whole cast. And adds Jane uh, Jane uh, Krakowski from uh, 30 Rock. Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, oh, Jane Krakowski. Krakowski. Yeah, yeah, Kasmeric. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Krakowski. The, those um, colorful last names. And by and the second that her name came up, like oh, so she's gonna like sing a Christmas song at some point because she sings, um, and, and she did, she, she definitely okay. did in the credits. Um, but it's in a very in a very hilarious clever way where she doesn't have a mic and then all of a sudden she has a mic up her sleeve. Uh, actually, kind of beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, I will say this movie's not as good as the first one, but it's okay. still the same. Like there's enough. It's you know, harmless is a key word for all of this. Right. It's still which ultimately Xmas is also harmless. I, yeah, I yeah, give yeah. you that. Um, this one is like it's because it's like. Trying but it does like you know spoilers for the first one they stay together and so it must, <laughs> was, was that was that a, a point of contention in the first movie well if they're making a sequel it's be like well how do they make a second one but yeah they're, they're still together in this one and yeah. i don't want to get too far but the idea is like once again a slip up happens where people are in the wrong place than they expected to be for Christmas, yeah. this time that this time they were going to meet up in New York, but then they didn't. Okay, get it? Something along those lines, like, honestly. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And so it, uh, and the, you know what? The fact that they got everyone back together to do the same thing it's like, you know what? This is fine. It's harmless. It's not. Is, is uh, Austin Butterfield uh, American accent or his British accent? He's he's going all. This is this is these are British movies, I believe. Oh, they right? are. Okay, great, great. Yeah, because yeah, like I don't the, really see a lot of him with his British accent. 
Yeah, the, these are these are British, but like they, I, they like they're probably imports for Amazon or what have you. But okay. yeah, but uh, but they, I mean. <laughs> for a random couple of Christmas movies that do the job and are, you know, fair, like, like harmless, but also like very innocent. Like there's not, sure. there's no like content in them. They're it's just like, they're, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> I, they're like, I think like TV 14 or something like that, just because of like maybe some language, sure. but, but yeah. they're like, they do the job. Like, you know, I like Austin Butterfield. I like, he, yeah. he's, he's a fine young actor. So it's yeah. like, all right, let's see what he's up to. I keep to on like checking him these. and Freddie Highmore out. I'm just like, I hope that these guys get like, you know, a, a larger break, I guess. But they're working. Freddie Highmore is um he's the, he's on he's, the doctor show. He's the he's the good doctor, of course. Right. Not the <laughs> best doctor. <laughs> good one. Good one. He's, he's good, not he's not that he's not he's not that good. He's, he's okay. <laughs> He'll get you in and out. This is true. Yeah. That's what that's what you want for your doctors to get you in and out. Yeah. No chat no chit chat. Just so yeah, I watch those. Those are on Prime Video. Got okay. it. Okay. Let me get to. Let, I guess I'll let me progress through the other family oriented things that Please. I have here that'll lead up to the the big other thing that happened on Netflix this week. Um, I watched Genie. You know what Genie is? I don't. This is a Peacock original featuring. That's right, Melissa McCarthy as a genie. Uh, like okay, keep going. <laughs> What if I just uh, stop there? Like that's no, the end. You, you piqued my interest. Okay, I like so Melissa McCarthy. So she's in. She's a genie in uh, New York, which is weird because the main star is an Englishman um, who lives in New York with the family, <laughs> and he he works way too much, but he finds a genie. And what the his wife and his daughter like his wife takes his daughter and leaves because he's working too hard around Christmas, and he's all sad. So he rubs this lamp by mistake, and it pops out a genie. And the genie is different from other genies because it's not just like three wishes. It's like it's subverting genie tropes by giving you a backstory about genies and how it really works. So he just gets like hmm. infinite wishes. Um, so it's like it's basically comes like a buddy comedy with Melissa McCarthy and this guy, uh, Papa Acido, who's the name. Okay. He, he's in a few other. Uh, he was in that that I May Destroy You show that was on HBO, among other things. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, he was in a murder on the York Express, apparently. Um, probably a smaller role. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's like a buddy thing with them, like trying to like make make the best of their Christmas, and him trying to be you know win his wife back and do what needs to be doing. I will say this: in the realm of Melissa McCarthy streaming films that have come out, which there have been many of. For one thing, this is not directed by her father or for her, her father, husband, her husband, <laughs> her husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bonus point: this is written by Richard Curtis uh of you know what and four weddings and a funeral and all and about a boy all that he, like he, okay. he, he wrote the screenplay for this yeah. and you know what it does the job like i would probably never watch this again okay <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but that's, that's but, been a theme that you and i've been talking about for a lot of movies tonight already <laughs> but it 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 kind of works like for what it's like it's less aggressively whatever compared to some of the other mccarthy things that have been sure. coming on recently so that's Nice. And I think it's because of the, the Richard Curtis factor. Like he gets the sentiment right. aspect in the midst of like McCarthy doing funny things. And she does do funny things here. Also, to pique your interest even more, Mark Marin has a supporting role as a doorman in a hotel. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> or an yeah, apartment yeah. building. And he's quite effective here, actually. There you go. <laughs> and he pops up and I'm like, Mark Marin's in this? It's such a random yeah. thing to happen. He's it moved was... up from the hotel that he was running out in the middle of nowhere. Apparently, this is a remake of a 1991 British TV movie. Um, okay. Yeah. That had Alan Cumming. Wow. As the wow. genie. Okay. He's been around for a while then. Wait, no. Oh, that makes sense because he's in this movie. That makes way more sense now so why he's in this a movie. Con- uh, it's not a continuation. No, it's like he plays oh, a different no. character. It's not okay. a continuation. Um, oh, that's fine. But he just like, yeah, he wings at you. This is this is Ghostbusters uh, Afterlife. Got it. 
I'm like reading up on this thing now. Like I'm trying to like get the <laughs> I plot. Can tell. Like because Rowan Atkinson's in it also. Like now I'm like, Do I, I should watch oh, this movie. I got, I got to watch this one now. <laughs> so it sounds even better. <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay. So that's Genie. It's on Peacock. Okay. That's on Peacock. Yeah. Um, I watched The Family Plan with Mark Wahlberg, a former movie star. Because uh, he doesn't seem to do movies anymore. He just does streaming things. Now. He, and a lot of family stuff, too. A lot of family stuff. Yeah. And that dog movie he's got coming out. He's got a dog uh, movie coming out? There's some dog movie coming out with him. He's like a run, He's like a runner, and he's like in a race or something, and there's a dog. Oh, yeah, yeah. Called the Wild. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, this is Mark Wahlberg and uh, uh, Michelle Monaghan. They're married. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're living a normal life in the suburbs, and he's Mark mm-hmm. Wahlberg. So it's like, why does this guy look like Mark Wahlberg who lives in the suburbs and has a boring job? It's weird. And yeah. it's like, well, it turns out, uh oh, he used to be an assassin, and they oh, no. to know about it. His family, his his wife and two kids don't actually know this. Um, he gets like tagged in some photo, and suddenly everybody's after him again. So he has to go on their own with his family while still uh-huh. trying to preserve the fact that he used to be a uh, you know a, a secret assassin. So he won't tell them, even though they're he won't tell them. Okay. Uh, you can guess whether or not they find out in this movie. <laughs> it's, um... I, mean, I guess the answer is no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, this is awful. This is an awful thing. Oh, <laughs> this where, is... sorry. Where was this? This is on Apple. Um, and it's sad because like Apple, I, I pride Apple for having know, the that's... quality content, but like, it looks like le- much like ghosted, uh, the, the Netflix stuff is, is leaking into their movies <laughs> lately mm. with some of their attempts. Uh, but yeah, this, this is bad. This is a bad okay. movie. Um, uh, let's see. I watched, I got a couple more. I watched Leo. This is, yeah, the... I, I'm really looking forward to trying to catch this on Netflix. You should because you know what? It's good. It's a musical. Oh, it, it is a surprise. It's a surprise. It's like a surprise musical because you don't yeah. think Adam Sandler as Iguana and Bill Burr as his best friend that's a turtle would be like, also, it's a musical, but uh-huh. it kind of is a music. It has a couple songs in there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? It's fun. It's an animated Netflix movie with those voices and more, many of the Sandler clan. Um, yeah. And it does the job. Like I, I did not know what the story. Like it's he's a iguana, and there's a turtle. They live there, and like they're like the class pets. And it's a movie that's like, it's about like school gossip and learning to be yourself and things like that. And it's like this is surprisingly interesting <laughs> to see the dynamics play out here. And it's fun to watch, and it has okay. good jokes. So yeah, uh, I, I listened to Robert Smigel on the Conan podcast, and, and okay, talking about it because Smigel wrote it. Yeah, he, yeah, he's a co-director on it. Yeah. Like three oh, he's co-director too. He's a co-director. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to um, checking this out. Yeah, but between this and um, you're so not invited to my bot mitzvah. It's been a good year for Sandler's Netflix. Sandler, yeah, yeah, for the Sandman. Because yeah. like was I guess Murder Mystery Two was this year and that sucked, but like after that he rebounded. <laughs> that did yeah. good. So yeah. Yeah. I think he's got something else coming up for Netflix. He must have signed like a a twenty picture deal or something. Like well, it just renewed like uh, they recently. Oh, did it? Yeah, because that was that was the thing when he first signed up and he had it was like a huge you know multi million dollar deal and yeah it, they re upped recently because yeah they do I well mean, and he gets to do I'm what he wants. Still looking forward to Hubie Halloween Part Two. I mean, at this rate, we'll see what yeah, happens. Exactly. I just don't need the ridiculous seven. That's all. <laughs> um, what else? Okay. <laughs> I watched the finest kind. I'll say that again. I watched I watched finest kind because it's okay. all one word. This is on Paramount Plus. It is a new Brian Helgeland film, uh, which automatically intrigued me because I generally like Brian Helgeland between Payback and A Knight's Tale, and obviously mm-hmm. his Academy Award winning script for LA Confidential. <laughs> I mean, there's a few things there. I I, I like it. Forty two. He did also. Mm-hmm. This is about a, a bunch of Boston boys 
who get up to no good and find themselves in some trouble. Ben Foster stars in a movie. Oh my! I was like, well, it's probably gonna have Ben Foster in it. It's like Ben Foster, and, and there's a range of Boston accents to go with this as well. Uh, but he's like a fisherman guy. He's a hard head. He's stubborn. Uh, he and his friends try to like make some quick money. He's recently reunited with like a estranged brother of his, who's like really the star of the movie. I can't think of his name offhand. Um, and the brother, like he started a new relationship with a local girl who's played by Jenna Ortega, and also their 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 father is played by Tommy Lee Jones. So it's like oh, it's got this movie. Yeah, this movie. It's so okay. it's got stuff. Yeah. yeah. But this movie's all over the place. Okay. Just by me telling you all those things, because it's like a crime movie, a coming of age story, a romance, a father son story, a brother movie. Yeah, it's like all of yeah. this in one, and it's like fucking choose a lane guy. <laughs> like, what yeah, are we doing? I here? see what you're saying. Because when you were when you're kind of giving the quick synopsis of who is in it, I was like, oh, this kind of makes sense. And then you're like, oh. And then there's also like the coming of age. I'm like, I see yeah. what, who's playing what now. Yeah. It has like so many different things. I was like, pick a thread because like it it chooses one lane where it's like serious and thrilling and crime stuff. And like, I'm into this, I guess. But right. like, also like the tone was not this two seconds ago. And so like, right. that's the yeah. issue. So it's like, ah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> you tried. Okay. But again, a range of Boston accents. So that's always fun for people from Boston that hate that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you can watch this with the fighter. Yeah. Okay. One more, and then and then one after that. That's all been what has been building up to. <laughs> you, you've just uh, Avengers your own uh, bookies, TM. Yes, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I watched a movie called The Retirement Plan. This is on Hulu. Okay, it's one of those Nick Cage action films where you're like, when did when did he have time to make this? Somehow it I, happened. I've and seen it has the all for this on on scrolling through Hulu. Yeah. Here's the thing, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's better. Than, it's better than one would expect. Uh, partially All because... I've heard from your reviews tonight is that Hulu is probably the streaming service that has the good ones. It seems like it's winning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it has, it's Nick Cage as a retired CIA assassin or whatever. He's a CIA operative. Yeah. Uh, yeah, operative. There we go. That's a good word for it. Um, he has like an estranged daughter um, who is she's like involved in something dangerous. And Jackie Earl Haley's like a bad crime guy. Uh, after her, and he has a henchman played by Ron Perlman, who's kind of great in this movie, actually. Oh, okay. Um, and so Nick Cage, he's like he's like retired, living in Florida. Uh, no, wait, not Florida. I got it. Let me look this up to make sure. I don't want to be sure. inaccurate. I believe he's, maybe he's in like the Caribbean, actually. I mean, I somewhere it where it's warm. And somewhere where it's warm for sure. Yeah. Um, the Cayman Islands. There we go. So yeah, the Caribbean. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What's that? The, is that the Caribbean? Cayman Islands. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's like, okay, I see what it is. That's where Homer Simpson keeps all of his, all of his money. <laughs> yeah. uh, but essentially, like, the, everyone ends up at the Cabins, uh, disturbing Nick Cage from his, like, drunken slumber that he's in. And he has to basically, like, wake himself up and start kicking ass to save, like, his daughter and his, his granddaughter that he has also. Uh, but the movie, like, it's an action comedy that has some good bits in it and like nick cage is good in it like he's mm -hmm. he puts in he always puts in the work so like yeah, he, he, does, does. he makes the job work i mentioned ron perlman who i think is got it like the way the way they use him in this movie really fits uh ernie hudson shows up and I'm like cool ernie hudson's here ernie like, hudson he, as like hey. his, as like an old cia buddy of cages uh -huh. like it kind of loses steam towards the end of a movie that's only 90 minutes um okay. like 90 ish minutes but like for the most part, I was like, this is way more enjoyable than I expected it to be. So okay, yeah, retirement plan. All right, I'm, I'm happy. Okay, so the last one. Yes, it's all Re been leading up to this. All the roads have led up to this. Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon Dash Part One: Colon A Child of Fire. 
all of those words. I, I want to ask you, yes. just for the title, mm-hmm. is it also the Netflix cut? Uh, it's like, the only cut it that currently be... it's the only okay. cut that currently plays. So yes. to be so to be clear, yes, this is the 135 minute part one of a okay. two part movie series that uh, that Zack Snyder has made. There will be a second part in April, mm-hmm. sometime in 2024. Presumably before the second part comes out, there will be the three-hour R-rated version of this movie. And the same thing with part two, which will also have an R-rated three-hour cut as well. Okay. So essentially he made one long six-hour movie that's been divided into two and then chopped up to PG-13 versions for their initial viewings. I say all that because the movie's not very good. Mm. Um, and for for two reasons, um, it's more than one, two reasons, but to boil it down to two reasons. One is it feels like it's been chopped up to be a PG-13 movie. If there's one thing I don't normally normally complain about with Zack Snyder movies, it's that they the action looks pretty good in them. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, because it's been morphed from what his intent was, it's not as exciting to watch the action. Like there's a lot of, I'm not saying I like I need violence to work, but like the way you see cutaways from certain sequences or whatnot, it ruins the flow of something that I think probably works better in its fully form. So that's unfortunate. And if there's, if I want to take something away from an Zack Snyder action movie, it's that at least the action worked and it kind of does it here. The other thing is it's just not that fun. (laughs) Like this is a movie that he's always pitched as seven samurai meets star Wars. And that's very much what we're seeing here, especially seven samurai, because the plot is essentially a bunch of bad guys come into a farming town and, attempt to extort them and say they're going to come back and you know destroy them all if they don't do what they say so the lone warrior played by sofia vitella goes on to recruit a bunch of other warriors to help them fight back against these other people sure that should be fun that's why the seven samurai templates is one of the most uh inspirational templates of all time when it comes to action that's right. movies. yeah it's kind of uh what you got with the magnificent seven and then most seven. recently uh, it's kind of what's happening with um, uh, Across the Spider-Verse uh, Part 2, maybe. There's that. There's A Bug's Life. There's Three Amigos. There's any number of action movies, <laughs> like, in, in, in all the everything else that goes around it. Yeah. It's just, this is, it's, like, directed stories by him. He's shot at himself once again as well. It Like, it has all the scope of something that should be more fun to watch, but I'll I'll put it this way. There's, like, a whole sequence where they go to recruit this one woman who has to battle a giant spider played by Jenna Malone uh, and she, and the, the voiced the warrior, by or played by played by Whoa. Uh, it's like a it's like a it's like a alien spider creature that has uh-huh. her face it's like well that's Jenna Malone is a spider uh, it's like her versus this woman with dual laser swords I shouldn't like that a sounds week... fucking dope as shit. Yeah, but like I shouldn't be like a couple days later being like, what happened to that scene again? Like that should be like oh. one of the coolest things you oh. saw this year. And it's not. <laughs> like it's just like this whole thing kind of falls flat because there's so much it's the most Zack Snyder, take that as you will. And there's like a ton of slow motion. There's a lot of self-seriousness. Like the movie forgets to like have fun with this stuff. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have the energy to like that, like the peppiness of like sure. what, what, which is what Star Wars has. Like, if you're going to do Seven Samurai Beat Star Wars, part of that's having a certain sense of energy. This one just doesn't really have it. Um, are there needle drops like a Zack Snyder movie? No. Zack, I mean, okay. his contemporary movies don't have needle drops. Or, 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 mm, he has his, Hallelujah. Non, and, his, his, um, sorry, his non like contemporary movies. Like, sure, sure, sure. You know, yeah. Like 300 or this or, you know. Compared to other directors, sure, <laughs> he's yeah. not a. I would call him a needle drop director. Okay. Um. And yeah, the score is it's Junkie XL. It's, it's Tom Holkenberg. So I mean, it's just all okay. 
it's all ethereal and what have you. Yeah. Did you know that this was going to be an edited version? I knew that there was an R-rated version that he was talking about beforehand. Okay. Um, I didn't think that the movie would feel. I didn't think the movie would feel so um, influenced by the fact that it's sure. been cut down. Yeah, because uh, I did not know that there was going to be an edited PG-13 version. I just had thought that they were just going to be releasing a new Zack Snyder movie. Because um, why would they need to do a rating for this movie if it's being released directly to Netflix, kind of thing? So. To be fair, the Netflix movies all they all get they all go through the MPA sure, process. Yeah, of course, they get yeah. a rating. But yeah, like but I but I hear you as far as why would you want to hold back? And I right. mean yeah. the, the answer is because views. I mean, that's the you get you, he gets he's getting four movies for Netflix out of if Netflix gets four movies out of it instead of two. Yeah. Thanks, AMTPA, for making them show us the views now. This is why. I'm so. I'm kidding. I'm I'm pro union. <laughs> so uh okay, so not not a good movie and not one that you would uh, watch during the holidays yeah like when it, you're traveling with your family and there's like some dead time you'd be like let's not watch rebel moon let's it's annoying because it's like i you know i don't dislike Zack snyder i just like aspects yeah, I, in that circle around Zack snyder but for the most part i tend to like his movies outside of yeah. some of the dc stuff he did so it's like well this is annoying because i want this to be more fun and it's not so yeah well I guess well, when is the the R-rated version coming out? It's sometime 2024. I would assume it comes out before the second half of this film just cuz why would you think that it? that somebody who has not watched this version that you watched should just wait for the R-rated? I would that's honestly what I've been saying. Like I would say okay. like I, you'd be better off waiting for the R-rated cut of this thing cuz that will at least okay. feel more coherent, I would assume. So. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Well, maybe I'll do that. Yeah. Cuz I was <laughs> looking forward to this. <laughs> Like just just from the scope of I mean, like that or again, if, if you have the time, like I'm not, slow-mo stuff. I hear you. If you have the time, I would you know you could watch it and see like in the you know it, it multiple yeah. months later. <laughs> you, you at least I have hear something. you. I mean, you, you like just... Zack more than I do. It's not that I dislike him, but I certainly, I, I his Zack Snyderisms are some of the things that kind of make me take me out of the film sometimes. So anyway, I, yeah, I I at his worst, yes, I agree. Right. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So that's it. That's enough quickies. Trademark. That was that was a good quickies. Tian. Let's uh thank you. Let's move on now. Let's get to let's get some trailer talk. We talk about what this movie. One of the newest movie trailers of the week. What we thought of and what have you. And this week we have Kung Fu Panda Four. This is the fourth chapter in the Kung Fu Panda saga. Um. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um. To be fair, like in addition to this, there are like multiple TVs here. There's the what the yeah, the like, entire series, yeah, that's right. There's like there's like three different TV shows that have had that of Kung Fu Panda. The last one, right. the Demon Knights, I, Dragon, the Dragon Knights, that that actually had Jack Black voicing Poe in it. So I mean, it's an expansive world that they have here. Uh, this entry is directed by Mike Mitchell, who previously did uh, the Lego Movie Two, Trolls, uh, Sky High, and mm-hmm. Shrek Forever After, among other things. Um, and once again, we have Poe. Uh, Dealing with, uh, he has to what find a successor for the new dragon warrior, and also supposedly, with, yeah, and 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 now find a fight a new foe called the Chameleon, right? Um, voiced by Viola Davis, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Abe, are you excited yes. for another Kung Fu Panda film? Uh, not really, but I. This is not to say that I have I have enjoyed this franchise, uh, all movies, including the second one, which is very funny and. I I even like the first one a lot. Um, I think that as the movies have progressed, it has 
kind of taken on this more episodic type of approach. Um, there is an interesting aspect of the first three that is about, you know, first of all, finding the dragon warrior in within you and who that is, but then also Poe's origins, which are kind of fascinating. But this third one here, or I'm sorry, this fourth one here, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know how to feel about what I'm seeing here because of what Aaron just mentioned earlier, there's been a lot of uh, extrapolation of this IP there into video games, into TV series, into Christmas specials, into whatever else. And so I, I haven't really followed on with those, and I'm, I don't think I'm going to need to. But I, the last thing I'll say is that what makes me more excited is that it's DreamWorks, and DreamWorks has tended to do some really cool things with their animation. And even watching this trailer, I was thinking to myself, this actually looks really good from an animation standpoint. I'm sure that they're going to nail the story. It's not as though they're gonna, they're, they're going to half-ass it, but it's just more of the um, episodic approach of, well, this is this is the new bad guy of the week. You know what I mean? It's like previously there were tie-ins about who this bad guy was because of the things that Poe has has either gone through personally or with uh, his journey to become the Dragon Master or dra Dragon Warrior. Threw me through a loop there because first you're like you're not excited. Now it's like I, I want to see where this is going. Like I, I, I'm certainly curious about what this is going to be. Would I have, would I have said like I, I really hope one day they make a, a fourth Kung Fu Panda film. Right. Not necessarily. No, because it's like well, yeah. I same not, same boat. That that's what I meant by like. Yeah, I hear you. And not not that like everything needs to be a trilogy or nothing, but it's like well, it did kind of it gave us what I would have expected from that franchise. Like, like you just said with the origins or whatnot. And then the third one is about his father. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. so like, what else do we do here? And I do think the setup for that makes sense as far as, well, yeah, he's older now. So naturally there would be a new dragon warrior um, or, or, you know, someone to at least mentor for, for Poe. Like mm -hmm. we've been, this is 2024. The first movie came out in 2008. So it's like, yeah, right. That makes oh, sense. wow. So I, it, with that said, like, yeah, no, it's like, it. it's exciting to just see this, stuff again and not not being when they watch the, the various shows or whatnot i'm certainly not tired of kung fu panda sure. and so you know getting jack black back along with dustin hoffman as master shifu who's always fun in these movies and and of course james hong as mr ping the the you know the mvp of the franchise mm -hmm. um all of that stuff i think works as far as ways to excite me for more of this yeah aquafina and viola aquafina who's in every animated movie recently apparently um and viola davis uh yeah sure but that Sounds fun enough. I'm curious where it goes. Would I say the, the most anticipated movie or most anticipated animated movie? Not necessarily, but hey. I, I mean, you this... had it there before Dune too, so I think you're pretty excited for it. <laughs> this uh, this this series is quite good in my eyes. Like, I really right. like the first yeah. two. I think the third one is fun enough. Like, it does the job. So, like, mm -hmm. I, I don't have a reason to think that the quality is going to just sharply drop. So. Right. And I am curious about the animation because of what they've done with um, the bad guys and also Puss in Boots. I, I agree with you. I do wonder if they're, you know, given that this is an actual Kung Fu movie, <laughs> let's, let's see what they can do with this that reflects what they've been doing recently as, uh, as an animation studio. So, All right. Well, Kung Fu Panda 4 arrives theaters March 8th, 2024. Coming fairly soon. Pretty soon. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to it. Let's get to our main review for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Four years ago, I was basically unemployed. A wanderer with no home. But now, I'm a husband and a father. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I don't know how you did it, Pops. My job was a little less stressful than yours.
Oh yeah, I finally got a job. I'm the king of Atlantis. Half a billion people from every known species in the sea call this place home. But that doesn't mean they all like me. I'm gonna kill Aquaman and destroy everything he holds dear. All right, that should have been some of the trailer for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. So, Abe. Yes? It's been 10 years since Man of Steel. And we've reached we've reached the end of this version of the DC Universe with its right. 15th and final installment, Aquaman of the Lost Kingdom. 2018's Aquaman was a huge success for all involved, so naturally a sequel is going to come. With that said, a variety of things occurred, including the pandemic, various delays, and rumors of various production issues concerning the greater DC Universe and how it may affect this film. Still... Director James Wan, who has pulled off miracles before involving production concerns on Furious 7, among other things, mm -hmm. held the line and has turned out this sequel, which finds Aquaman, now a father and the king of Atlantis, freeing his brother Orm from prison in an effort to, help, to have him help stop an even more powerful Black Manta. So, I ask mm -hmm. you, were you excited to see more of Arthur Curry, and what did you think of this film? In general, I, I am excited to see more of Arthur Curry because of who has been helming the first movie James Wan and also kind of just the idea of uh having like a charismatic Jason Momoa versus a more steely and and crime downtrodden Bruce Wayne or something that's a little bit more like upbeat but also um might not be in your wheelhouse depending on the director uh, like in Superman so you know Aquaman himself has kind of just been a He's also taken turns uh, in terms of his tones, especially if you watch two different versions of Snyder's um, Justice League movie. But for this movie and or the in this movie here, it's not a good movie. Like I think there are weird tonal inconsistencies. There's a lot of exposition. I think there's like a lot of reshoots that happen. I think from everything that Aaron mentioned with the pandemic and also with a lot of like the legal issues around Amber Heard and whatever else might have might have been the case um, with all the upheaval of the DC uh, EU and uh, change in ownership or change in direction. And I think that there is like, there are bad lines in here and pieces of bad dialogue. And there's also some pretty phoned in acting from some of the, the actors. Um, and there's just weird continuity inconsistencies, but I kind of enjoyed watching it. <laughs> And I, I mean this in the most sincere way. It reminds me of like how comics can be, which is like it doesn't have to, to make total sense. And it can be very, you know, far fetched at times, including with people screaming lines like get away from my baby or get away from my wife. Um, and while these things are hilarious and maybe don't make a whole lot of sense within the context of like what you're trying to watch when you're trying to watch like a Marvel movie or whatever the case is, I, I didn't mind some of the, the weirdness of it. And I, I don't think that it, it all together fits. And I still have it, large issues with, again, the storytelling in this and even maybe the story itself. But, uh, I think that James Wan is cooking when he goes kind of weird in general and he gets to go kind of weird with some of the creature design and some like the the backstory design here. It's just that I don't think it it really digs into that stuff as much. You know, my my favorite thing from Aquaman the first one was the trench, um, and this one they kind of have a cool couple of things, um, including like a, a sand uh, domain. 
yeah, sand prison domain and also, you know, the 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 uh Antarctic domain. But um yeah, like in general, it's it's definitely not a good movie. And again, uh I I definitely not allowing uh, and defending any of the things that are happening here. But I also was like, you know, for for a comic book movie, I get it. And also for a James Bond movie, I, I get it. And as like a send off because of just all the troubled nature, I kind of get the FU-ness edge to some degree too. So it's a weird feeling that I'm getting from, from this movie here. Like I wouldn't tell people to go run out and see it or even maybe even see it at home, but I would be like, I was entertained by it. So <clears throat> on the, you know, I, I liked Aquaman quite a bit. I'd say it's one of the better DC uh, films just because of the first one I was talking about, the 2018 film sure. where it, it really showed that James Wan just gets how to do this kind of thing where he can throw in just wild visuals and succinct action sequences and pack on a whole cast and create a whole universe under the sea and make it all work um, as silly as and ridiculous as it may be. It's, it's a very like bigger is better type of film and the ways that you want to see when it comes to superhero action, it feels like I'm watching actual superheroes do superhero stuff. Something that I wish I would have saw more in the, the DCU on a kind of that kind of level. Um, so watching, you know, the, seeing a follow come on with the same people involved, like, you know, I was excited for that because I believe in James Wan. I think James Wan is a very talented director that's proven himself in multiple genres. And uh, watching this film, on the one hand, there does feel like there's been a compromise as far as what the final result is. This movie is noticeably shorter than the first film. It's only about two hours compared to the first film's hour, 20 minutes, two hour, 20 minutes. And it does feel like it's when it's not focused on Aquaman and Orm, which is the primary focus of this film, it does feel like every other character is on rails as far as they serve one purpose and one purpose only, uh, which is a bit annoying because the first film had a pretty colorful cast that had a lot of stuff to do that just felt weird and fun. Mm -hmm. So there's a more, I don't know, traditional approach to this thing, which is kind of it's getting you from point A to point B and throwing in, you know, wacky stuff when it can. Now, on the other hand, this is also a movie that has giant seahorse an octopus spy and an evil volcano lair for the this villain. is what i'm talking about so that's why i'm inclined to say that not only did i like this movie but i would call it a good movie because i don't think it's a bad movie like mm -hmm. i think it's james wan doing what he wanted to do um regardless of drama going on in the studio around him when he was mm -hmm. making this movie like there it's, it's not like he made this knowing it was going to be the last dcu film he just made another aquaman movie and that's ultimately what this feels like. It does feel like another Aquaman movie as opposed to the final say on Aquaman or the next, the the changing up of the hierarchy of the DC universe. <laughs> it feels like, no, it's just, here's the next chapter of this. I, I wish that might've been more substantial because it does feel like a monster of the week kind of thing, as opposed to something that really like tests Arthur. Um, and as a result, yes, Arthur, you know, Aquaman doesn't have much of an arc as a character here. It's just more of, he learns to bond of his brother and his brother learns to bond of him. That's pretty much it. Also greenhouse gas equals bad. Like, yes, like that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no, like as much a as a literal I'm, green smoking. Like yeah. the, the first film kind of dove environmental stuff too. And this one just expands on that by making it more obvious. And it's like, yeah, okay, I get that. Um, but yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily looking for nuance and the subtle themes going on here, but at the same time, like it would have been nice to have a little bit more of that. But sure. James Wan is still packing this thing with just ridiculous spectacle. Like, 
outside of Avatar, like I can't think of a movie that's this like comprehensive in terms of the amount of visual noise on screen at any time and how good it looks. Yeah, you know, I thought of Valerian in the city of Thousand Planets. That's that's like the one. <laughs> that's that, and that and yeah, that that delivers. But even then, that movie comes at a you know a certain price point, sure. uh, which makes it more impressive, honestly, in my eyes. But like this movie has all the money it could use, and once again, DC shows that for all their issues, visual effects have rarely been the problem with them compared to Marvel, which we've over and over complained about over the past year. Sure. Um, and yeah, the, the, there's some tremendous action stuff here that's all coherent, despite how wild it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think the buddy aspect of this movie, which is its main pull, works. I like Wilson and I like Momoa doing their thing together here. I think they're fun. Um, like I said, I, I wish the other actors had more to do. I wish Yaya Abdul-Mateen second, who I like a lot, yeah. uh, he's just so they give him nothing to work with as black manta and it's made even worse by the fact that he's like possessed by this trident so like he's even less of a character now because he doesn't have much of a character and it's like his whole thing is revenge for this and that's it there's nothing else with this guy and it's like for a movie that spends a lot of time with him compared to the first film it's like we needed more i'm sorry we needed more here that said Randall Park is surprisingly pretty great in this movie. Um, he actually gets to play a conflicted character, and it's neat to see him and having this amount of heft in an Aquaman movie. Um, I'm not going to say it's like amazing, but it's like, I did not expect Randall Park to occupy so much screen time in this film and have sure. the arc that he does. Yeah. So yeah, like I like this movie enough because it does still have the weird. I wish it was a little bit more like the first film felt like it was really expansive and, t- and showing me the seven, you know, the, the different you know seas and ocean kingdoms we go to. Right, right. Having all these other characters and whatnot that go with it. Yeah, this film doesn't. The exploration of it. The exploration fact, the wonder of it all. This film, I, I've compared it to The Mummy Returns, where it feels like it's the same movie as the first, but doing more and faster. Okay. Um, while like, so it doesn't give you time to really take in all the more that's actually happening. So you're kind of racing past things. And it's like, well, desert prison, cool. Okay, we're done with that. Uh, jungle planet with like, <laughs> with, with mysterious island stuff going on. Okay, we're done with that. Volcano lair. Okay, we're done with it. Like, we, we move into these crazy set pieces. Yeah. And I'm all for that, but it's like there's there's no real time for this film to breathe. Um, yeah, which I don't quite get why. Like it, this, the first film made a billion and more. Like it was a huge success, and it's mm-hmm. we can get into this more later as far as WB's treatment of the movie this week. As far as it feels like it's essentially been a two hundred million dollar dump in the theaters. But yeah, I don't, I I can't. We don't know the full story of everything that happened here. For the most part, James Wan just got to make a movie. But yes, obviously, there's been lots of like rumors or unverified sure. as far as what's gone around. The focus on Momoa and Wilson this time around, like it justifies why there's less heard here. But at the same time, it's like she doesn't have many lines. <laughs> so like, she's like, she does not. Yeah, and it she, certainly feels like in, they, they it, had something to do. They which, had to do something, I should say. Like I, you know, we don't know if there's like there's more like shot that's just deleted for, you know, for the sake of knocking the movie down to two hours only, but like, I don't know, you know, it's it's pure speculation at this point, but yeah, Yeah, I agree. But all of that said, I still like this overall. Like I, I I would like if they're, if you're looking for a giant spectacle film to watch in theaters, this does deliver that. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm willing to like recommend it based on that alone. I wish it was better, but I still, I still find it fun. Yeah. And I, I think I'm, I'm nearly there with you. I think I just I still think that I can objectively see that there's some gaps here from a movie making perspective that maybe I, I uh, can't oversee. But 
I, I the thing I want to really echo from your thing was just yeah, let James Wan cook. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's a weird guy. You've seen his movies. You know that he loves creatures, and you know that he likes darker themes. Um, and when he's able to do that stuff, it it kind of does work out. You know, mm. like whether this is uh, what was the movie where they they had like the twins thing? Um, the boy malignant. Malignant, yeah. Whether it's like malignant or whether it's like uh, uh, any of his, I, I, the the first Insidious, or he's just he's he's a guy that has ideas and he wants to put them down on paper and just be weird with it. So when you hear Aquaman in this movie just come out when his with some of his first lines being like, "My best friend is a giant seahorse because he's always there for me." I'm like, I dig it. This is the tone of the movie you're going for, and I get it. On the flip side, I also get like, well, it just feels like Jason Momoa is just like saying fucking weird lines, and it's like he is, and that doesn't help out with uh, the narrative story overall either. But, um, I don't know. I mean, I I, I, I like with Momoa. I I continue to like that. There's it's not just him being like a bro, which the first movie establishes very early on when they give like that scene where he's in a bar and the guy's a costume, and you think it's going to turn to like a bar brawl, and it's just like, no, we want to take selfies with you, and they're having a stupid fun. Like, there's ways Momoa's playing this where it's not as obviously like nuts as fast as a uh, fast X, but like he's oh yeah yeah I see yeah, but like he's still like. He's a guy that like he likes to party, but he also like he has a sense of pathos to him that I buy into. I okay. I, I believe this guy is the one that, you know, g- g- he he's he knows his strength. He knows how to be that guy with the muscles, but he also has this thing with being you know the the uh, reluctant king of Atlantis and sure. having these various relationships. I'm not saying it's the most like nuanced performance of the DC universe, but yeah. I but I do think I mean. If there's one thing Zack Snyder did that's the most interesting for all of this, it's the way he casted all these characters. And Momoa, I think, continues to prove one that was like a really winning choice for all of this as far sure. as what you yeah. get out of Aquaman. Yeah. And the other thing that I wanted to kind of just piggyback off of was when you're talking about the themes in this movie and how maybe there wasn't enough breathing room for either the themes or even the places that they visit. Mm-hmm. I would 100% agree with you on the places that they visit. I was like, this underwater like shipyard thing with these hammerhead sharks which now we have to have a street sharks movie because we have the technology and i've seen these you know the the designs um but that that's a cool place you know and that reminds me of a lot of places that james gunn has gone with uh, his cast over in guardians but also kind of like what what they did in the first one um they just don't spend a whole lot of time there and that's a bummer because i would of course i want to see people drinking things out of uh, one way, one way bottle, so that they don't just leak out into the ocean. And I, of course, I want to see more, more like you know, uh, starlight singers, uh, singing weird jazz tunes from the deep sea. You know, like this is the stuff that interests me. I agree. That is the scene that I was most compelled by. As far as like, here's a lot of weird. Let's see where this goes. And yeah. there's, there's like, because they're they're in like basically like a cantina scene from from a Star Wars movie. Yes, yeah. With a lot of weird stuff going on, and there's one like main ruler of this area i'm not going to say who plays him uh but i will ask you did you realize who it was i was trying to place it because there was a very significant uh emphasis in a few words i was like i know who this is but i can't place it right now i Uh, i told myself this this sounds like this person but that doesn't but he wouldn't be in an aquaman movie and then (laughs) that's proven he was an aquaman there you go (laughs) i was happy i guessed it but i was like that doesn't make any sense 
Yeah, this is this is just you know how cool people are. People want to yeah. be in James Bond movies, and it's not like I mean, it's not like I had to get into a costume. We just like did a voice, <laughs> but still, it's like okay, this is fun, right? Uh, but yeah, I agree with you though. Like it's there's less of that than I would have liked um, in this film. Like, it, yeah. and we and we go to places where you feel like you could have more of that. Like they're in like that mysterious island thing where it's like. Everything's growing big and stuff because all this radiation, right? And it's like it's only like two oh, two surface sequences, and then it's all underground. And then we're all underground, and you know the the granted it's a volcano layer. I'm like, well, that's cool, also. But also, it's like we're not there. But there's not enough to explore in a movie that feels like it wants to explore all of this stuff, right? Um, all of that said, I like the fights that happen in all of these places. I liked watching. I liked watching these you know superhero antics take place. There's there's stuff that. I like seeing like these guys like fall from a bunch of stories and then get up and swing giant chains at people just because right. I don't get to see that very often. It doesn't seem like I for all these superhero movies that we see, the idea of just giant strength being utilized in these ways doesn't seem Super like it occurs. Strength, yeah. yeah, it doesn't seem like it occurs as much as I feel like I should have seen that by now. Yeah. Um it, instead it's, it's also like, very legible. Um, yes, yes, that's so that's yeah. like a James Wong specialty is mm-hmm. like making sure that if you if if a audience member knows either the layout of something or at least like they've seen it, I have to continue with that. And so there's like the scene where they are fighting the same scene where you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed it when Patrick Wilson has to go back up the stairs and mm-hmm. the camera follows him. You're like, I know exactly what's happening here because I saw them first go up this like 10 minutes ago, you know? Um, yeah, there's a number but- of like stitched you know fake oneers essentially but like things that like exactly. just utilize the space well enough as in the way james wan's used used to right. doing and there's also like there's a crazy scene in atlantis where black manta first like comes in and starts blowing up shit which in a lesser film i think would be chaotic and all over the place as far as i just don't get this but this is a film where you have to communicate a number of things between a number of characters and it makes a level of sense that i appreciate it there's a whole like they destroy a, a a water subway thing, and I'm like, how? You know, like, if this movie wasn't as good as it was at doing this, I'd be like, I don't get this. Whatever. There's just like noise and colors on screen. But instead, the movie makes the drama of the sequences work that I appreciate. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I, I'm assuming that this might be the last uh, time we get James Wan's version of Aquaman. But I do hope that whatever happens next is not like James Wan. It's not going to go away. It's not like he's going to go away, or that he at where he's at fault for anything that's taken place in the old switch around of the DCU. I just hope he gets like more like in addition to if he wants to make small horror movies or whatever cool. If he wants to keep making giant blockbuster stuff like this, I don't see many other directors doing things at this level that he's able to accomplish. That when you yeah. can put him in the same sentence as James Cameron, um, even if James, sure. Cameron, you know, better. I, you know, there's not many other people I would put in that category in terms of like having a vision for, for having like having a vision set? on this kind of a scale. I see. OK, you know, the, you know, watching like especially that first Aquaman, it's like, there, you know, Peter Jackson would be another like good call as far as just like guys that can. These are these are huge names. These yeah. are huge. But I well, look at I mean, James Wan is one of the he he is tied with James Cameron as the only person that has two billion dollar films in two different franchises. I mean, he's not a small guy anymore. He's not yeah, the guy that made Saw. You. He's the guy that made Furious 7 and Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, I get you. I think the other thing is also... Um, and he's good at what he does for the most he part. He is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in terms of like, um, again, getting his vision on the screen. I, I would I would say that also just to back up James Wan, um, again, I don't think he's in any hot water uh, whatsoever, but his vision and, and how he views things is weird. And I think that really fits along with James Gunn. <laughs> And so for sure, 
Uh, for that's sure. Where I was like, you know, that's probably why I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets another property. Um, maybe not Aquaman, but another thing where they both have uh, a sensibility to them that allows them to uh, be creative on the screen. Um, and that's fun. That's kind of interesting. I want to ask you about the acting uh, in this movie because sure. I think this is probably where we'll have the most contention. Um, I, I'm curious just your overall take of Momoa from the first one to this one and to Snyder's uh, um, uh, Justice League, if you if you want to go back that far. You talked about Yaya, but I'd love to hear more about your your uh, maybe why he was so undertoned and maybe underused. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah. With Momoa, you know, when they made Justice League, it was before they made Aquaman. So, like, there's not a definitive take on what he was doing. He's going what by what Snyder, you know, asked of him, which is to be this, you know, reluctant brute, essentially, um, mm-hmm. who has his own charisma because that's just Jason Momoa in general. Um, so it's like I, I don't think he's demonstrably different uh, than the the Aquaman we see in the James Gunn films, but there's certainly like a lighter touch because those Snyder films are, you know, they are they are. Uh, a more self-serious affair where James Gunn's clearly proved that he likes to have, you know, a good sense of humor, um, very, very obviously running throughout his films. So watching the first Aquaman again, I think he's, I think he does the job really well in that film. I think he, he plays into his persona and then subverts it in ways that you might not have seen coming uh, because of, you know, the, the, you know, the kind of the size that he is, the kind of character he's playing there's something there that could not suggest as much goofiness as you might expect. And yet mm-hmm. there it was in that film, along with having an arc for him as far as, you know, becoming the king of Atlantis and accepting that mantle. Sure. This film, I don't like, I, I don't think he's changed as like an actor in any way that's, you know, neither higher or lower. I, I think that, you know, he's doing the best that he can playing a character that he knows how to play at this point. It's just the movie doesn't give him a whole lot of room to do much more than just be that guy still. There's nothing he really needs to learn in this movie. Really, there isn't. There's no real, like, yeah. it, it, that's why it feels like a Monster of the Week movie. It's just kind of like, here's another adventure for Aquaman today. Like, it doesn't feel like he's ever challenged in any significant way, no matter how many babies in distress that you want to throw at him. It just seems like, yeah, okay, I'm doing my thing. I'm Aquaman, I'll probably solve it. Like, he's, it's, it's there. So, like, performance-wise with him, you know, regardless of what the scripting is or whatnot, as far as his dialogue, or what hit Momoa as a performer, I think is doing the job here. As far as Yaya Abdul-Mateen's concerned, like he, I, I, I think similarly, he is doing what's being told of him. It's not mm-hmm. a lack of, you know, effort on his part, but the movie just strands him with a nothing of a character. Like at least in the first one, for one thing, there's not, there's not a, there's not, he's a side character in the first one. So there's less of him to have to do stuff, mm-hmm. but he has still has more of a personality there where, you know, he's, he's, uh, you know, angry about his father having, you know, been left to die. And so now right. he wants to hate Ungerman, hate Aquaman, but he also has this weird curiosity where he gets like the Atlantic technology and he does like a whole montage scene playing Depeche Mode in the background. It's like, this is, <laughs> this is, this is like weird, weird stuff that <laughs> you don't see often from a villain. Um, but again, he was just like, he was in it in that movie mainly so he could serve as an introduction for him in this movie. And it just, I feel like this movie just lets him down. It doesn't give him anything like i already said it doesn't give him anything more to do than sure. be angry about aquaman and get possessed and that leaves him just nothing on the table here like it just yeah there's no there's nowhere for him to go because he's already set in his path and there's 
<laughs> there's no arc there either. There's no there's no room for anything else beyond he just or like not even like a, a total consumption, you know what I mean? Where like yeah. you might have seen uh villains that are just like so consumed by their hate that they they, they just that's their downfall essentially. And that'd um, be one thing if it if it like made it a a gradual increase because of like being possessed by the trident if he got like more and more deadly or something because of it. He doesn't really. He just kind yeah. of like he gets more powerful, but there's not like a uh, uh, the, well, he uh, he gives Randall uh, Parker a stern talking to a few times. Yes, he he does do that a few times, <laughs> but it's but it doesn't increase in intensity. Right? Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> um, as far as like the acting goes here, I think Momoa. I I would I would agree with you that I think that he's doing what the script is asking him to do, but it certainly does feel as though I can't prove this, but because of all the hiccups in production and the hiccups with. Whatever else, you know, whether that be the DC, what's going to happen? Do we even have jobs still? Um, it it seems like there are times where they're just like, just just play it however you might want to play it. Because there are times here where you're just like, oh, this is Jason Momoa that I'm watching here. This is not Aquaman. Um, and I don't mind it, but I certainly felt as though it was different. Um, than... I think that speaks to the vibe of the movie, like the buddy vibe, because the movie is very much a buddy movie. Like that's the angle yeah, it's going like for. Patrick Wilson comes. comes and and to be fair, the movie shot well before anything happened. Like the the sure. shooting of this thing happened before there's any changing of hands or any any knowledge of that kind of thing. The post production yeah. is what takes so long with this fucking movie with all the effects and everything. Yeah, but I can I if people were to be like, oh, just Mo is like actively bad in this movie. Like I I can't defend it. I'm just like I guess so. I can see that. Um, like some parts of it were a little bit too uh, off kilter for me, but I was also like, I don't know. I mean, it also is established that he doesn't give a shit about what he wants to do. He he actively hates it, um, me, meaning being like the ruler of Atlantis. Um, and it's a little bit different when he uh, has to like to say more serious lines. Um, but even that, I don't know. It's not. It's some of his line delivery is just like not there. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah is. I don't know because he's he's a pretty good actor. We've seen him in things like Candyman, um, and maybe in some smaller movies. And if you ever see his his um, interviews, like he's very charismatic. I I would actually have thought that the the Trident stuff would have made him more interesting. Um, and I think that's what you're also saying. And it it doesn't because you're just like, oh, it's actually not him. He's just being possessed by by this spirit of something who's kind of using his body as like a uh -huh. vehicle of, of some sort. And that's where it's like, that's, that kind of sucks because that's just a possession. We've seen that in Ghostbusters. We've seen that uh, in a lot of other movies. And that's not as fun because he's, he's, a, he's actually a pretty good villain. And I remember when we were talking about the first Aquaman, you guys were like, Oh no, Black Mantis is like one of uh, Aquaman's arch nemesis. Like, Mm -hmm. throughout the entire run i was like oh that's pretty cool then i thought that it was just gonna be like a, a one and done kind of thing and no uh, he's he's there so i'm bummed that he didn't really get much else to do um i'm gonna move on to patrick wilson real quick i think patrick wilson's like bringing it like i yeah. think that he he's like he knows that he's of atlantean blood uh line but he's also just bringing it as like a, an actor and i think that's where it it can get a little rough when you see the two of them together. I agree with you that the buddy cop thing is actually what they're going for. So there's always going to be like the goofy guy versus like the more toned down guy. 
Um, but Patrick Wilson, I think, is actually really good in this movie. It helps that Patrick Wilson is also, you know, short next to like Nicole Kidman, the best actor in this film. I mean, he's like he's 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 just better than everybody else. Uh-huh. So it's and so yeah, he he knows how to do this kind of thing. He's worked on he's he's worked with James Wan the most at this point. He knows what That's he's a good point. Yeah, with all the horror movies, yeah. Thought, yeah, between all the Conjurings and the Insidious. Um, yeah. So yes, yeah, like, Insidious and City Eye and City Eyes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's. He's delivering here. I agree. He knows how to play this kind of stoic, uptight guy and match that energy with Momoa, and it's inherently more funny because funnier because it's 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 an odd pairing and yeah. how that works. Um, and you know he and he he looks great as Orm. Like it's neat to see him like in this. You know he's he's got to be like a fish out of water essentially. Uh, no, literally, yeah. literally, and it's it's neat to see him like have to manage that and manage this new arc. Like he has he also he gets like an arc to play with too. There's like there's sure. stuff there that actually challenges him. Um so it's yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Patrick Wilson's like the the highlight to the outside of Torpo, the octopus obviously. He's the highlight. Yeah. Of yeah. Um I forget what they call him. Do they call him the cephalopod or the octopod? Uh, cephalop the cephalopod. The cephalopod? Yeah, yeah. That, that was really hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he meant that shit. He meant that shit. I I, I like they, that. I, yeah, I, they I, stayed on him for like a half second long too, and I was like, "This is hilarious." I, I like that Torpo was like, "I was the drummer in the first film, but I'm also moonlighting as a, <laughs> as, a as a tactical operative." <laughs> yeah, genetically engineered octopus. This is great. But my um, package is drums. Just make that clear. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's other side characters too. We talked about Amber Heard a little bit, but you know, you brought Nicole Kidman. I'd love to hear your take on Nicole Kidman, and and then maybe moving into like uh, Django Fett and Dolph Lundgren. I um, I mean, it, there's not much to say about any of them because they all serve the same purpose. Nicole right. Kidman is an exposition machine. Uh, Tamara Morrison just offers fatherly advice, and Dolph Lundgren and, and they just drink all the time. Yeah, and Dolph Lundgren's either there to agree or disagree with whatever it's somebody yeah. else is saying at a time. Like Agreed. there's yeah. there's nothing there. Like they're I, they're there, I, and Willem Dafoe's gone. Uh, they say scheduling difficulties, but from what I've heard, he just didn't like working on the DC Universe. <laughs> um, oh, so, is that true? Okay. It, there's an interview where like it comes up, and he just kind of like grumbles and like, eh, we can talk about something else sure, like, yeah. it's, it's like but he had some he had dope ass hair uh sure. nicole yeah. kidman i think that she's she's fine some people were like oh she does better acting in the amc commercials like <sighs> I, maybe but it, she's fine as is i thought Dolph longer had more to do in the first one i was bummed that he didn't get a whole lot to do in this one um and he's got just like junk lines and then tomorrow i was like I liked him better in the first one too. Like he well, has a lot more to do in the just, first one. Yeah, there's just not a whole lot for them to do, which is unfortunate because I think that adds into my whole entire like, well, I can understand why people would say that this is bad writing or, or lackluster performance. I mean, I, I hear you. I it's not even like that it's bad, it's just it's perfunctory. Like I I don't think like the way they're delivering lines is not like uh this is beneath their abilities. It's just more like Yeah, it's not it's like not, paper. There's, yeah. there's just not, you know, it's just there's not there's nothing else for them here, sure. but it's like, well, you have to have people because you need people to say certain things. But uh, like, you know, there's not a, there's not an excitement that's coming from the fact that they're here. It's just more like, yeah, we're, we got to fill out this world here. The people that are in our cast already. Sure. Uh, but you know, it's, you know, there's there's a lesser way to do this. You can get more bad actors, and you can see what that version looks like, and it'll be terrible. This is just like, yeah, I just have to tolerate the fact that there's not more of them. Yeah, uh, which is you know whatever. Which uh, is my next question here is what what happens to the DCEU at this point with Aquaman? Does uh, has has Gunn said that they're going to recast or what's up? We don't know. Okay, 
Um, so nothing major has been dropped. Nothing specifically about Aquaman or uh, Wonder Woman, for that matter, as far as the major players or Flash. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, for the most part, things are seemingly going to be reset. Um, okay. So it's, I mean, Jason Moa said, like, this is my final outing as Aquaman. Um, I have no reason not to believe him unless this movie makes that's like, right, yeah, ducats yeah. of money in the next couple of weeks, which it's not impossible, but mm-hmm. it's so that's the other thing. This movie, um, you know, it's a giant DC movie with a 200 million dollar budget. Uh, the first film had a lot more buzz, it came in, it screened, um, early enough. It had like preview screenings like a week, like two weeks before, and just like regular mm-hmm. theaters too, not just critic screenings. Like, people want they wanted to get this movie out there. This movie, on the other hand. Uh, didn't have a real premiere. It just kind of a it it played at a fan event in uh, Los Angeles, and that's right. Yeah, and Momoa and Juan like showed up. It just kind of came out. The critic screening wasn't until Wednesday this week. Never a great sign. Um, and the embargo dropped Thursday, the day you know the movie came out. Yeah, you know, I th- when that happens, the writing's kind of on the wall. But it's a little weird in this situation because it's like, well, it's a it's this movie which is. I'm not gonna say critic proof, but it doesn't like it doesn't it doesn't ride or die on whether or not critics like it, and mm-hmm. it's also not building to anything in, anymore. So it's like, what kind of setup do we really need to do here? Which is annoying because it's like, well, they still made this movie. It feels like it just gets like a lack of respect, <laughs> and it's like I don't, yeah. I don't I don't understand that what that logic is. Um, this, but of course, I don't understand a lot of the logic that goes on with David Zaslav and that's exactly that's a, that actually blends into my next thing here, which you and I have talked about extensively off mic, which is um. You know, with the performance of Aquaman the Lost Kingdom, however it shakes out uh, over the weekend for its box office or however it shakes out over, over its run, um, I'm bummed that we didn't get to see the the Bad Girl movie. And, you know, I also talked about the Wile E. Coyote movie. And I was like, I don't know why you guys wouldn't just release these movies, you know? Like, you guys are already... Sp- I understand from a financial standpoint and what their argument is. Like, I, I read it. I, I understand the finances of it. But more of just, hey, man, if you're going to do this, if Aquaman the Lost Kingdom costs X number of dollars more than Batgirl or Wile E. Coyote, and it's going to, you know, make however much it's going to make, I think if you've made the movie, just release it, you know? Um, and so, yeah, uh, I'm curious what Zaz Live is going to do. He's already been in the news this past week with some trouble with uh finances over at warner brothers and maybe even talks about you know additional merging with paramount plus so i i um it was just paramount yeah um so yeah i just i'm not if if you guys don't feel confident in a project don't let it finish to completion then you know like fucking tim burton superman this thing so that i only see production stills and some background or some some uh, some minor things, but don't finish the movie, you know. And so, uh, anyway, uh, I'm kind of just mad that I I will never get to see Batgirl or, and maybe won't ever see the Wiley Coyote. It's just annoying that those things are so publicly out there. Where it's like, really, <laughs> we like we, sure. we, we went this far, and you're just gonna say no to that, huh? And yeah. To, to what to what end? Like it just yeah. I don't. It once again just doesn't make me. Th- it it doesn't make me think like Warner Brothers is a studio that's very like that filmmakers would see as very inviting. Like obviously right. filmmakers that are you know want to make a movie, want to make a movie, and you know do make choices, what have you. And there's all kinds of things that go with that in other contexts that I'm far beyond understanding. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if we get like studios that 
you know, speak to the filmmaker and say, yeah, come here because we're welcoming. And we want to make your movie. Warner Brothers, that image doesn't seem to be there right now, which is sure. odd because that's it's one of the the studios that was well known for that, well known for give, providing a vision for filmmakers to realize. And right. now it's like, well, your movie might get canceled if you try. And it's like, well, that's not even if you try. If you if you complete your movie, it <laughs> yeah. might get canceled. Yeah, which is you're like, what? It's just a shitty feeling. Yeah, six months worth of work, and you're just gonna cancel it? Like, it's crazy. More than uh, so. I mean, think about that. Maybe, that. maybe that's filming, but that's years as far as development yeah, like and everything that goes. Everything that goes also into post this. pre and post production. Thousands of people that work stuff. on these things. Like, yeah, that's right. Um. So yeah, just looping that back into Aquaman: The Last Kingdom, and kind of just, I would be curious to see what Gunn has in store for it, and he's kind of taking things slowly. Um. Because I think the first project is is the Superman movie. It's the right? Superman thing. He's, he announced like a number of projects that are going to happen. But yeah, as far as it, it, the last thing he needs to do is get ahead of himself. It's like, yeah, I got some ideas. Here they are. Also, I'm making this Superman movie. Yeah. That's in that's from that perspective. That's fine. Like, I, you know, I, having a giant roadmap of everything that's going to happen in the DC universe is not something I require to be like, oh, now I want now. I definitely do I. this. <laughs> like, yeah. And this goes into the the fatigue that I've been having with with comic movies and comic IP overall. But um, you know, one thing that I appreciate about the DCEU is what you've brought up in the past too is they do tend to take a different tone to things, um, and they also have a you know different color palette and and whatever else too. And so I like the uniqueness of it, but I certainly don't need like a roadmap of like this is what you can come to expect in the next five years from the DCEU. It's like if it happens, it happens. Don't you don't have to like you know get my hopes up about anything because I've got other movies to go watch, including probably the seventeenth rewatch of the holdovers. All right. Well, with all of that said, when should people go and see Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom? Um, you know, I just want to super quickly recap as as I give my rating. Um, it's not the best movie. It doesn't have the best writing. It doesn't have the best uh cohesion in terms of story and plot. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of exposition exposition dumps. It's not for everybody. I enjoyed it, so I'd say like dollar theater this thing. Yeah, I would I would say like this is you know a matinee Saturday morning cartoon movie. Like this is this is just that's a actually of... a very apt description. It's very cartoonish. Yeah, it's a very it's a goofy movie that knows how to have a sense of fun. I wish it was better, sure, but I, I'm not going to deny that there's a level of spectacle that other films under deliver on that i want more from this one i i would again i wish it was a stronger story for aquaman but i still can't deny that james wan got to do a lot of stuff that i like seeing james wan do in movies so i i'd certainly say see it on a big screen but yeah like a matinee show would make a lot of sense for me all right well it's been our review of aquaman on the last game let's move on now aaron i've got a game for you oh whoa look at this a surprise game Right ain't over yet. Oh, man. Uh, it's not very difficult. It's um, it's a couple. The first one here is uh, Popularity Index. This is a game in which I will give you the cast of Aquaman. Or you know the cast of Aquaman. Mm-hmm. But if you can guess uh, who the top five most popular people from the cast are, based off of IMDb's algorithm, based off of people's searches for an actor or actress, uh, their popularity within the the general pop cultureness of things. Uh, I'll give you uh, as many guesses as you'd like because you're the only contestant. <laughs> but who are the top five people that you would think would be in the Aquaman um, popularity index? In, in this movie or the first movie? 
in this movie, Aquaman: The Lost Kingdom, the top five actors. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. Um. And it could be Chalk, and sometimes it's not Chalk. What? Chalk <laughs> meaning like it could just be like the you know, the top five people that are billed uh, on the cast. But uh, wait, so what like, are you asking? Like, if you go to the Aquaman page, which five people come up first, or like what no, on no, IMDb? No. IMDb like based on IMDb's like secret math calculations about taking in and ingesting and aggregating a bunch of news and a bunch of everything else. Uh-huh. There is a ranking that you they can have a star meter or whatever. Uh, kind of yeah, it's like basically a popularity sorting, and uh, it's sorted. Uh, it changes all the time, but uh, as of today's recording, there are okay. five top people. Um, okay, Momoa. That's number one. Okay. So number two. Whew. Is it Wilson? He's not number two. Okay. Well, let me go another guess. Are you, I see that you're trying to go in order here. I like this. Well, I'm not trying to go. Well, okay. Yeah, I'm trying to guess this. Who's second? Number second. Okay. Um, who would be number two then? Is it heard? It is not heard. Okay. Is it Kidman? It is Nicole Kidman. That makes that I means she's a giant movie star, so that makes sense. Okay. And I so guess people are again like maybe there's like oh, I love the AMC ad that she is in. And it just on top of people's minds. Or like, the she, fact that she's an A-list star. <laughs> that too, yes. She okay. is uh, the second most popular person. Okay, so then is it Wilson? It's not Wilson. <laughs> okay, that, so is it Heard? It is Heard. That's the third okay. most popular. All right. Now is it Wilson? <laughs> it's not Wilson. <laughs> okay, so that is it Yaya? It's not Yaya. Um, is it Dolph Lundgren? It's not Dolph. Is it Randall Park? It's not Randall Park. Tamura? It's not Tamura. People were probably like, they were probably very curious about this movie. They watched it and they're like, who is this dude here that plays this dude? Okay, well, I don't want to necessarily say who that is. So is it that person? It's not that person, no. Okay. Who's left? Um... <laughs> yeah, I'll give wait, you a clue. Wait, wait, get... wait, 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 wait. Is it just, is it just James Wan? It's not James Wan. Okay. No. <laughs> is it all actors? It, they're all actors, yeah. Okay. Uh, this person is a voice actor. It's not the one that you and I talked about uh, in, the, in the show. Um, this person has played a dwarf in another series. Is this John Rice Davies? It is. That's because okay, he's fourth... like he's the lobster guy or whatever. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah the, the crab guy. He's the fourth most searched person, I guess, in this uh, list here. Who's okay. the last one? Uh, now is it Wilson? It is. <laughs> okay, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but I was uh, I I like that John Rice Davies one just because I was like, I don't think he's gonna get this. <laughs> okay. Fourth most popular uh person on this cast list. Must have they must have been like who is playing this crab guy? Well, he was also in Indiana Jones earlier this year. That's true, but I don't know if they're still searching for Indiana Jones stuff. P- people are always searching for Indiana Jones stuff. Yeah, John Ray Davies is fourth on the list. So. Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Between that and yes, the ever glowing loving presence of the Lord of the Rings, he's got some heavy hitters in his filmography. Right. That I'd like brings... to see what this looks like in um in a month. Like, who's the most popular people in a month? It's gonna be Patrick Wilson will be a number two. I'll let you. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Might be uh, lower at this game. rate. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? That was it. Okay, I thought that... <laughs> I had like another one. All right, no. great. Well, thank you for that quick. surprise game. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, now let's get to feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. And this is where we go over the next questions and answers on our Facebook page, Facebook.com, so shout out podcast. We asked a number of questions to the listeners. They gave us some answers. Let's uh, go through them. 
the first question here is who is your favorite uh, what's your favorite film about bickering brothers todd libanow writes strange brew and philip heard writes the darjeeling limited bickering brothers um oceans 11 oh yeah yeah that, that, that's a great call yeah you're a balloon boy <laughs> i get a sense that they're pretty bored <laughs> uh great you got one um the brothers bloom they don't really bicker that much they kind of don't talk they bicker yeah. <laughs> so much to the point that they don't talk anymore he, he tries to pour sugar in his coffee and the whole thing falls off <laughs> or no first no first ruffalo does it and he gets like a shake he like shakes it a bunch and everything he does it just fine and it's fine then brody does it and the whole thing falls in his <laughs> classic move in movies uh all right next question here who are the best villains driven by revenge philip hurt has magua from the last of mohicans mm. jeff mendes has killmonger and hella mm-hmm. michael lee has friend of the show has zemo mm-hmm Marvel going on in the middle section here. Yeah. And then Todd Liebenau, friend of the show, has the Wicked Witch of the West. I mean, yeah, I guess. Killed his sister. That's right. Stole her shoes. That too. Uh, let me see here. They're uh, villains driven by revenge. I mean, it could go both ways because you could say that the bride is driven by revenge. Uh, but then yeah. also Bill is driven revenge. by revenge. The whole thing's like, revenge. Yeah. yeah, everything everything's revenge. So Kill Bill, volume one and two. Um what can I add to that? It's like every movie has revenge in it. Uh old boy. How about that? Okay. Yeah. Uh that that one's brand new, right? That came out this year. Yeah, that that new film Old Boy. <laughs> yeah, okay. Got it. Uh then a question here is what are some great action movies set under the sea? <laughs> Uh, Chris Leland has Underwater uh, and The Abyss. Todd Levin writes The Abyss. Scott Laster writes Das Boot, The Hunt for Red October, and Crimson Tide, if you dig submarine films. That's a, that's an extensive submarine list there, Scott. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> that'll do. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's... Avatar the way of water has plenty of underwater action going on in there um, sure. I certainly respect uh, the uh, the first Aquaman honestly first Aquaman? Yeah. all kinds of underwater action yeah I think you're also forgetting the Meg and the Meg 2 I mean I'm happy to be forgetting the Meg 2 um, <laughs> but <laughs> yes I forgot they go even further into the trench and it's less exciting somehow yeah, <laughs> but, other underwater uh, finding Nemo. There's plenty of action under there. There you go. Yeah, don't touch that butt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you there? Uh, I mean, aside from the Meg and the Meg too. No, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that there's others. <laughs> Ponyo. Ponyo. Ponyo loves ham. He loves ham. <laughs> word on the word on the street. He loves ham. Yeah, I was like, I like that. That's like our, our both of our go tos. Like he he likes ham. Because he loves ham. Yeah. <laughs> you can't deny what the man what he likes. <laughs> the man, exactly. That's what I described. Pagio is. You know that young man over there, Ponyo? <laughs> <laughs> Good one. All right. Next one here. Last one. The DCU is at the end of the line with Aquaman 2. What did you think of this timeline of films overall? Jeff Mendes writes Shazam, Aquaman, Birds of Prey, and the Suicide Squad can hang out with the best of them. If nothing else, the No Man's Land scene from Wonder Woman will be forever. Hmm. 
Adam Gentry, friend of the show, writes, A rushed attempt to reel off a carbon copy of Marvel's success with the Infinity Saga without having done the hard work of world building and the character development that Feige's team did. Wonder Woman, The Suicide Squad, and Zack Snyder's Justice League are all terrific, but the DCU strikes me more for what it might have been than what it actually was. It's a very thoughtful uh, answer from friend of the show, Adam Gentry. Todd Lieben now writes, The series lacked focus and was all over the place when it comes to quality. Some solid entries, though, Aquaman, Shazam, and Wonder Woman are my top three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'll take this time to note that the uh, the Brandon Peter show, a uh, friend of the podcast, yep. Um, uh, they've been uh, and when I say they, he and Scott Mendelson, along with multiple guests, including myself, on one mm-hmm. episode, they've been doing a recap of the DCU as a kind of a farewell as it wraps up. There, there's four episodes total, and then there'll be an Aquaman two one as well coming where they go over their thoughts on the uh, the DCU as a whole, and I, I largely agree with what they have to say over there, especially since I'm on one of the episodes. Yeah. <laughs> But hey, did you have any any final thoughts on the on the DCU? Farewell is good to know you. Uh, thanks for all the fish. <laughs> and this is not a slight at them. Again, I, I I think if you were to ask me to elaborate, yeah, it's just been totally up and down. Uh, but I think that there are some some good positives, and there's some interesting things that they did that were different from the Marvel series, which I alluded to earlier. Uh, beyond color palette, but just the darkness that they were allowing some of their, their movies to go into. Um, and I'm curious to see what the new regime will bring. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. Okay. Well, that's enough feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. And that's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode about now there and Abe. You can find more of my work in the, my personal blog, the CodySeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I write for We Live Entertainment for, Blue, for movie reviews and Why So Blue for Blu-ray and Criterion reviews. I'm also on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find reference over my Instagram, abe.mua, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose, hashtag astounding. <laughs> you can find all the other episodes of Out Now, Theron, and Abe on iTunes, Audio Boom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, and HHWLOD. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Check out our Facebook, facebook.com, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or our Twitter, x.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And Instagram.com slash out underscore podcast as well. Uh, yeah. Um, next week's show, next week's main episode is going to be for the color purple. A, as the tagline says, a bold new take on a classic. Um, that's, that's the that's the tagline. Um, I, I am also looking forward to your best Coleman Domingo impression. Oh, but I got to work on it too because I like yeah, yeah. I like Deep doing the, the voice. Col- yeah. I like doing the Coleman Domingo impression <laughs> <laughs> almost as much as the Jeffrey Wright impression. Uh, oh, okay. I look forward. It, did you do one on your on your uh, bonus? No, because uh, Terrence wouldn't tolerate my nonsense there. But uh, <laughs> Jeffrey writes so so much of it, especially like him in source code. Where it's like you have to go into the source code because that's the you, only way we can find what we need you, to. Yeah, you're you're honing on exactly what I would hone in on, which is like the lowness, but the seriousness and the quick the rapid the quickness. Yeah, oh, yeah. Colin Domingo is a fun one too. I need to do my reason get my get my research. There you go. <laughs> get that right. Um, my Colin but, Domingo is only saying his name. Coleman Domingo. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, with all that said, uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron Abe. Um, thank the listeners for listening. Have, have a happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays, everybody. And uh, until next time, so long. And jingle jangle. <laughs> Get your motor running.
so trail of broccoli on the last kingdom oh it's mantis he's stronger now I, I can't i don't know what it is he's got the black trident could you tell that that one was jason momoa and one of them was patrick wilson yes okay he's got the black trident oh yeah. like let's go for a ride here big buddy and then uh oh no i'm gonna kill aquaman and everybody he loves and turn his his kingdom why into is he ash. mr t in this version <laughs> Uh, I don't know if there was a needle drop. I don't think there was a cool song at the end there, but it's like just like a bunch. It's of, all uh, score, yeah, yeah, a bunch of uh, people uh, riding on horses and 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 then fucking a uh, quick shot of Dolph Lundgren and Aquaman two, the Lost Kingdom. It's probably just or, skipped uh, over. It's not even Aquaman two. It's just Aquaman, the and the, and the Lost. Kingdom. I was probably just skipped over the narration because I've seen this trailer at every movie I've seen for the past like three what months. What narration? At the beginning is like ah, a couple years ago I used to be nobody, had no oh, job or what have you. Yeah, yeah. Then okay. something changed, and guess what? Now I got a job. I'm the king of Atlantis. That's true. You're right. Yeah, you're right. I did. I did forget the the boring narration. It gives a whole model. <laughs> I forgot about all of that. Guess uh... what? Now that's right. I'm at a studio. <laughs> studio. Now, now the host of SNL. Right. My life's changed. <laughs> I hope that's in Aquaman three. Where he's, he's like he's, he's, he's hosted that he hosts SNL points. like now that he's united the world he like gets on SNL it's like your host is no <laughs> musical guest Torpo on drums and what? host and your host Aqu- Arthur Aquaman Curry he walks on stage he just walks on stage he's got like a conch shell for a mic <laughs> this is nuts I never thought I'd be here yeah shout, shout out to my wife brother baby and father all of the aisle right there yeah they don't cut to them because that's not what SNL does uh unless it was like in the old 80s and then like uh he he's doing his monologue and he's got to slip like a um you know he's got to slip like a water pun or something like that it's like and and then uh it probably is along the lines of like h2o no um mm-hmm. and then he'll be like sorry lauren and that's that's all i want to contribute and then the first sketch is a game show with uh keenan uh all right so what's up with that part two <laughs> what it's what's up with that and it's it's Aqu- it's aquaman uh batman uh affleck version and uh flash all sitting in and yeah. it's like but it's like not flash it's like because they, they can't use ezra miller uh so it's, right. so it's just the three of them sitting there well what's up with that there's happening? also uh there's also one sketch where pastor patrick wilson will show up and then the crowd will like be like woo uh and that's the only sketch that he's on mm-hmm. yeah uh, okay that, that was a great trailer we nailed this yeah. all right <laughs> has he only done it once or has he done it twice i think he's only done it once snl what? Twice he did. He did it. Oh, yeah, he has done it he, twice, he did okay. a couple years ago. Now he did it this this past year. I mean, he okay. did. He did it both times for Aquaman. So. Got it. Got it. Okay. 